Welcome to your Calm Parenting Toolbox, the podcast for parents who want to get the most out of their kids and themselves. Here's your host, parenting coach, Heather Lindsay. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Calm Parenting Toolbox. My name's Heather Lindsay and I'm looking forward to talking to you about one of my favorite topics in parenting of how to get your children to listen to you. If you followed me around for a while, then you know that this is definitely a passion for me and I hold webinars and workshops and programs about it. So I thought I'd record a podcast for you because it is something that comes up quite frequently. And I would bet money that you have said at one time, I wish they would just listen. We've all been there, you know, and as parents, the thing is we actually need our kids to listen and there's nothing wrong with that. Things need to get done. We have to get out the door. We need to get to swimming lessons. Toys need to be packed up. We need them to listen to how they're able to act and how they should treat other people. If they don't listen, then we end up resorting to yelling just to be heard. And that's not much fun for anyone involved, really. And there are other ways. So the solution comes to how we actually speak to our children. So today I wanted to share with you just seven language tools. So these are just the words and phrases that you should start to incorporate more into how you talk to your child to get them to listen to you more. And the call comes from the world of hypnosis and it works because they're just specific words and phrases of influence. And it can feel chunky to say these sometimes and you'll be like, oh, I forgot to say this, I forgot to say that. But if you practice them more often, it becomes your normal and your kids will respond to you a lot better. So the first thing I want to reinforce, as I reinforce quite often, is to remember to make sure your child can hear you. If your child's playing a video game or engrossed in reading a book or playing with their friend on the other side of the room, you calling out to them is not necessarily mean that they're going to hear you. You have to get within your child's frame of reference. Perhaps that's down on their level. Perhaps it's making sure that they're looking at you or that they put down what they're doing. If you can do that and don't do anything else that I say today, then you will definitely start to get on the right track. But if you can include it with the language keys, then it becomes a lot more easier. So let's get on with number one. And we let's talk about mind reading. So in order for our child to listen to us, the request that we ask our child should be positive and preempt any problems that our child might have with cooperating with us. So for example, look, I know it's not easy for you to read at the moment, and we're going to try this new game to help you. Now, in this example, it's easy for you to say, I know, because you're a mum and you know your child at that closest level and you're connected and you're um, observing what's going on for them. So you'll be able to go, 
I can empathize with where you are and I'm going to lead you in the direction of what I want you to be doing, which is the game, so that we can achieve the outcome of helping you learn to read. Double binds. So this second language tool, you'll probably actually already use this one. You know, this is where you give your child two alternatives and you want them to choose one and they both end up at the same place. It gives the illusion of choice. And when they have this illusion, they're more likely to do what you need them to do because ultimately the outcome is the same as in you don't really care which path they take. So you can have a bath now or after doing that puzzle for example and it doesn't matter to you whether they do it now or after the puzzle as long as they get in the bath and now this language technique is really good because it helps our child to feel empowered and respected you know it's so important for their emotional and mental health you know you give them the option you Uh, they choose which one they want you go okay that's fine and then they hear oh my mum said that was okay or my dad said that that was okay and then they get that feeling oh yay I'm actually listened to and children who are listened to will listen back we have to start avoiding saying the word why and this actually should apply to everybody And how many times do you say why to your child throughout the day? It's really not a useful question because it cements a justification and often reinforces negative beliefs or actions and doesn't result in a resolution. You know, often if you say, why did you throw that toy to your child? You'll be met with the response of, "Uh, I don't know, or I just felt like it. Or why did you hit your sister? I don't know. So instead, ask questions that are more open answered. You know, what was the purpose of throwing the toys on the floor? And then you can find a bit more of intention and the root cause. You know, what are you specifically angry about? Or how did your sister hurt you? And that finds the purpose. And then you can work out how to deal with the situation. Or, for example, if a child comes home and says, so-and-so doesn't like me at school. Well, how do you know that she doesn't like you? And then you can find the reason for the belief and then you can deal with that. Now, if you've got young children, your child might not be able to give you a complete answer to any of these responses. You know, it's quite advanced language speaking skills. But questioning them in this manner starts to stretch their thinking patterns. And if you explore it with them, it helps grow their neural network. And then as they get older, they're used to you talking to them in this way. And so then you're not just trying to bombard them with questions that they've never been asked before. Now, number four, I like, and it's tag questions. And this is where we just something, we just add something to the end of a request for our child. It helps motivate them because we need our children to do what we want and need them to do because otherwise life is just too stressful. But for that to happen easily without everyone yelling and screaming and having a really hard time, we have to remember move the negative we need to displace the resistance and get them in a yes frame so ultimately we want them excited to help us to do what needs to get done 
So the tag question I use with my kids is, this is fun, isn't it? And you can always make a little bit of a game about it. And it doesn't just work on a single incident, but through regular use. So, for example, if we're putting the toys away. Okay, we're going to have a fun little game and put all the toys away and see who can pick up the most in a minute. And then I put the timer on. And then at the end of it, it's like, oh, that was so much fun, wasn't it? Let's count who picked up the most number of toys. So then the next time that I need them to put, pick up the toys, but I don't have time to play the game. Remember how much fun it was when I set the timer and you picked up the toys in a minute? How about the two of you do that and let's see who can have fun and who can pick up the most toys. And if you do that enough, it really makes life a lot easier. I do it with getting ready for school in the morning. Who can pack the bag the fastest? Who can make the silliest noise to make their little baby brother laugh? All of these things put them in yes frames of mind for doing what I need them to do. Now, making things positive follows with number five for our language keys. And this is more about embedding into the unconscious mind the positive. So, for example, with homework, it's fun to learn like this, isn't it? Because when we're doing homework with children, especially in those early years, we want to create a positive foundation for learning. You know, they might turn around and go, no, it's not fun doing this. Or they might have a tantrum. Their unconscious mind, however, has actually heard fun to learn in that sentence. And that's what's actually embedded in their mind. So it puts more of a positive spin upon learning for them. We have to empathize with our children's experiences. If you stand there as a parent telling them what to do all the time without getting onto their level, seeing the world from their point of view and recognizing when they're struggling, then asking them to do something is just like someone standing over them telling them what to do. And I could guarantee that if someone stood over the top of you and told you what to do, you wouldn't like it either. So when your child is struggling and you both know why they're struggling, you can help give a positive outcome after we get over the hard part. So what's called future pacing them and giving resources to help them manage their current struggle. So for example, you know, I know you don't want to put the toys away and when we've put them away, we can sit down and have some afternoon tea. So they might not really want to put the toys away or clean up the Play-Doh or um, stop reading the book or turn the TV off. But you've given them something positive to look forward to. Whereas if you just turn around to them and say, turn the TV off, put the book away or pack the Play-Doh up, then you go, but why? I'm not going to do that. There's nothing to look forward to. Kids have such an amazing imagination and we really can use that power of imagination for our benefit. Now, this I used with my little kids, um, not so much now that they're older, but definitely when they were little, cleaning up 
toys. And it's a great learning technique, actually, because it stimulates our children to think and give human characteristics to objects. And when they get to school and doing creative writing um, and writer's workshop, this is a great thing for them to have had experience with. So, for example, with my little girls, I used to be saying, oh, Teddy feels so lonely on the floor under the bed. He'd much rather sit up next to Bella Bunny and give her a cuddle on the bed where it's warm. And we can go into a bit of play acting with the soft toys together. And then my daughter would pick up Teddy from underneath the bed and put him up on the bed. It's fun. It creates cooperation. And, you know, we want to start to create an environment of cooperation when our children are young, because when they have it when they're young, there's more chance that they will listen to us when they're older. So those are my top seven language tools to help you get your child to listen to you. Now, as I said, they do take practice and you may find yourself tripping over your words or forgetting to use them. So come back to this podcast, get in contact with me on social media. I'm always putting up stuff about kids listening. Jump over to my website, blissedoutmums.com.au and you can find information on my Communicating with Children program, which takes it even deeper and looks at talking to kids of different ages, how we get in rapport with kids and actually looking at their individual communication style and how we need to tailor the words we speak to our kids' style, basically. Communication is both a science and an art form, and I know that you can make it happen. It takes practice, but if you're here listening to this podcast, I know that you are committed to being the best type of mum that you want to be, being the best type of dad you can be, and that means that you will commit to putting all of this into practice, and I know that you will get the results that you want. Okay, thank you so much for listening this morning to this episode. As always, any feedback or questions you have, just get in contact with me via my website at blissedoutmums.com.au. And I'd always like to help you become a calm parent. So please jump over to the website and click on freebies to get access to downloads and free training to help you be a calmer and more connected parent. Till next time, love your kids, spend time with them. They grow up too fast and we will one day look back and go, I wish I'd spent more time. Have a wonderful day and be the type of mum that you've always wanted to be. I'll speak to you next time. Bye.